Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. I'm actually going to call you right back and get back up online. We're going to start this right over. I'm on the internet more so than the cell phone line, folks. So, uh, as we end on the intro here... All right, we're going to restart this. I'm going to get off of the internet and get on the web or off the internet and on the mobile uh, information. We'll restart the show now. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio and the best co-host anyone can ask for. Cuervo, we cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. Better connection here. Uh, starting off early. Let's solve the problem early. It is Sunday morning. It's that being said, it's a Sunday morning tradition that happens each and every Sunday. Times vary depending on schedules, and that's the reason why we're often rolling a little early on that being said on Sunday, as I got some things to do a little bit later on uh, this afternoon. Normally, we kind of kick this thing off at noon on a Sunday, uh, but that is not uh, capable of happening today. So that's why we're starting off now. Guervo, I think as soon as he wakes up, because we got to remember it's seven o'clock over on the East coast on a Sunday morning. Uh, so he'll, he'll get here. Uh, he'll just be, you know, fashionably late as you, you know, as usual on a Sunday. It happens. But usually when that happens, uh, we just jump right into some of what's happening here locally here for our locals. But, has a lot to do with some of the people that listen to the show. Now I found out that a lot of people listen to the shows uh, from fans in the CIF. So we're going to cover a little bit of what happened in the CIF. This is week number one of the playoffs of Champions Indoor Football. The season coming to the end in two weekends, not this upcoming one that we're headed toward, but the week after that. So, um, but Playoff football happened last night, and it was nothing more than spectacular uh, in, in a couple of games. The other ones, you know, kind of, you know, they were good games up until the third quarter, um, which sometimes happens when you look at those uh, games as they are. So let's talk about those games, uh, the ones that – 
well, you know, kind of got a little bit, uh, I don't want to say out of hand, but got out of reach for some teams. The Amarillo Venom, they were at home. They were taking on the Duke City Gladiators. The Gladiators, the first time, by the way, Duke City is over in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So we give you a geographical look at what where that team is located. Uh, they were on the road to take on the Amarillo Venom, uh, and the Venom got a, a victory 70-43. to 43. This was a game that was pretty much over at, in about the mid to the third quarter. Uh, after that, it was uh, scoring um, – back and forth. Uh, but that having been said, uh, good season for the Duke City Gladiators for their third season. They make the playoffs for the first time in their uh, history. So that was an exciting thing for those as far as that team is concerned. Good people over there that run that franchise uh, that I get the uh, pleasure of working with a lot. Um, another team that unfortunately was unable to do it, and this is a team that, that was just decimated with injuries. Yes, I'm making the excuse for them. I'm the one that does the contracts. I know about all the people who get hurt, all the guys that were put on injured reserve, and the Bismarck Bucks were just you know decimated with those injuries this season. Uh, and the Sioux City Bandits, who were at home, they played them. Now, this was the fifth time they met. Same thing with the Duke City Gladiators and the Amarillo Venom. It was the fifth time they met this season. That having been said, the Bandits won that football game 82-43. to So the Bandits, they advance in the playoffs, and they uh, will play at home next week. The Amarillo Venom. They won. They will play at home next week against the two teams that we're going to be talking about in the games that happened yesterday um, as well, their opponents. As the Bloomington Edge, they went to the Omaha Beef to take on the Beef at home. Uh, so this is the first time we're talking about the Beef being a good football team. And those that know anything about indoor football – um, it's been a while since they have been in the playoffs. A good football team this year with a, a lot of good stability at the offensive line as well as the quarterback play. So when you looked at that game, it was it, this one was going to be close. We did uh, inside the CIF, and we were looking at the numbers. And in this game, those numbers were incredibly close. However, the Beef got the victory in that game, 43-30, to 30. And they advanced to take on Sioux City next week in Sioux City. Now, the other game that was the nail-biter was the one that I was at last night as the Texas Revolution at the Allen Event Center took on the Dodge City Law. And really, folks, this thing in the in the uh, about the fourth quarter, the whole fourth quarter was back and forth. And it really was one of those games where I – I thought the Revolution were going to lose because the Revolution sometimes had a hard time, you know, making that big play when they had to. Well, with three seconds left to go, I had to eat those words as Clinton uh, Solomon caught a Chris Dixon pass for a touchdown with three seconds left to go on the clock, which um, then Clinton Solomon got the interception in the end zone for the Dodge City Law's last Hail Mary to try to get in there to win the football game. So that having been said, the uh, Texas Revolution get the four-point victory in that game last night. So uh, an exciting game, an exciting week number one in Champions Indoor Football in the playoffs. And uh, it, it, next week is going to even be better. Four games were on, slot, uh, on the slate last night. 
and a little bit different schedule next week, though, in those games. The Sioux City Bandits will take on the Omaha Beef on Saturday, but the Texas Revolution, when they travel up the two, over to Amarillo, that game's actually on Monday night. So we got Monday night football, champions indoor football style over in Amarillo. Uh, so that one's going to be really good. I'm looking at the stats and everything. We're not going to do that here as far as what we have seen in champions indoor football. It's been an amazing season, and I've had a, a great ride with this thing. And uh, it, it, being the director of operations of champions indoor football, uh, tiring at times, ex- exhilarated at times. Last night was one of those exhilarations because, you know, I am, I called the Texas Revolution football games for, you know, five years. And th- those that know this show, the Couch Potato Sports Show, knows that we were the radio voice of that football team uh, for the last five years before I took this position with uh, champions indoor football. So, so exciting game last night and uh, good stuff going on there. Um, so next week, we will figure out who will be going to the championship game. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that as far as the seedings in this, in this, um, in this playoff. Because and if, if for the locals right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, if the Texas Revolution are capable of beating the Amarillo Venom next week, they have an opportunity of hosting the championship game if the Omaha Beef can beat the Sioux City Bandits. Now, they, they've played each other uh, four times this year, and the Beef has only been able to beat the Bandits only one time during that time. But it's playoff time, so anything can happen. So now if Sioux City wins that game, the Texas Revolution, if they beat the Amarillo Venom, will be on the road in the championship game in Sioux City. And that goes back to a couple of years where the Texas Revolution uh, went to Sioux City and lost in the championship game two years ago. So that could be a rematch that happens over there. Some other angles on this so the beef win the football game if they end up winning the football game regardless of what happens the beef are going to be on the road because of the head-to-heads in the playoffs so uh so if the beef do beat the sioux city bandits it won't matter if it's the texas revolution or the amarillo venom The Amarillo Venom have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So that's something there that you have to look at. Uh, Other uh, other look at what's going on as far as the other teams, that's pretty much how it ends up working. Uh, The Omaha Beef will be on the road. The Amarillo Venom, if they win uh, next week, they will be at home. Uh, the Sioux City Bandits win or uh, you know lose, obviously you go home. But if they win, they'll be at home. And the Texas Revolution, if they win, and Sioux City wins, the Revolution go up on the road. But interesting way of looking at it. So that's what's going to end up happening. It's on Texas Revolution take on the Amarillo Venom on June 19th at 7 p.m. in Amarillo. And the Omaha Beef, they take on the Sioux City Bandits at 7 p.m. on Saturday. 
So that one's uh, I'm going to be watching. I'm hoping to try to get out to the Amarillo Venom game, but I don't know if that's going to end up happening. We'll have to take a look at my schedule as far as that's concerned. So uh, lots of fun stuff, indoor football. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again. People think I'm crazy. I'd much rather go to a playoff indoor football game uh, than an NFL football game. It's, it's just a, a great crowd. It's a smaller venue, uh, not as many people there, and you got those kids working hard uh, out on the football field for their football team and for their community. So it was exciting to see that game uh, this week as the Texas Revolution to get that victory uh, last night. So that having been said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, get to some of our sponsors, and then uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening on the national level as uh, we're seeing a, uh, well, an opportunity of a sweep was going to happen in the NBA championship. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, hopefully Corvo will get in with us with that. But having been said, we'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. for the start. 
We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Back on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we get ready to get going here on a Sunday. Pueblo's still not here, but that's not going to stop the train from moving. He'll be in here soon, I have a feeling. Cleveland Cavaliers go ahead and avoid the sweep. Now, there's been a lot of talk about what... This this, uh, this series, but I don't want every when I'm about ready to say I don't want anybody to think I think that the Cavaliers can win this series. I don't before I say what I'm going to say. I just want that part on the record. But don't count out the Cleveland Cavaliers, okay? This is a team that came back and won four, you know, three in a row to, to the same team. Now, granted, different personnel are on this basketball team, i.e. Kevin Durant. But don't count them out. Now, and if, he, if you listen to the show, I'm not a LeBron James fan at all. I, I, don't, I don't really like his persona, but what he does out on the basketball court is you can't, you just can't argue with, and if you do, you're stupid. I, I, I'll put it out there. You want to argue with me about LeBron James not being a good basketball player, I will listen to your stupidity. I mean, your opinion, you would be wrong. I mean, but I'd listen to it. You, you can say whatever you want about it. He has been the most dominant player in the NBA for years. I mean, you, and you can say whatever you want about him not having the rings. And I'm one that likes the Buffalo Bills. You know, they didn't get those championships, but by God, they made it to the Super Bowl those years. You know, you got to give them something, even though they didn't win them. 
Now, will that go down as being disappointment? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that that wasn't a good football squad. Same thing that's happening right here in Cleveland. It's a good basketball squad. Golden State happens to be a little bit better right now. And I don't agree with Stephen A. Oh, here, there's a shocker. Stephen A., let's just say the Cleveland Cavaliers got swept. Let's just play along with what he was saying at the time. Obviously, the game happened before we got to today. And let's say the Cleveland Cavaliers got swept. You can't, I mean, the stupidity in the statement that you can't consider him one of the greatest of all time because he gets swept by the Golden State Warriors is the most ridiculous thing that he, I think, I mean, as normally this guy usually has a roundabout way of thinking about a lot of things, and he makes you think in a different way. Not a fan of Stephen A. Smith. But Stephen A. cannot go up and say, if the Cleveland Cavaliers got swept, you couldn't consider LeBron James one of the best of all time. Could you be disappointed in LeBron James? Absolutely. And, and rightfully so. But to say LeBron James is not one of the best of all time is like saying that Sonny Clark is skinny. It's just a stupid statement. You take a look at me, I'm nowhere close to skinny. And that statement is nowhere close to the truth. You can't make a statement like that when he's been to the the finals for as many years as you have. You want to be disappointed in LeBron James and the Cavaliers with where they're at right now? You can go ahead and be such. But you can't sit there and say LeBron James is not one of the best ever played the game. It's irresponsible of Stephen A. Smith to come out with an opinion like that. Now, granted, I understand a lot of things that he does as entertainment, and I don't know if he believes half the crap that flies out of his mouth, but I somewhat believe he believes this. I mean, when we talk basketball and we talk Stephen A. Smith, this guy's usually down. He doesn't usually miss. I mean, I I listen to these opinions of what he says. I'm a little more reflective of what he says about uh, about football, Although the guy knows football, I don't want to, the guy knows basketball a lot more than he knows football. But it is such an irresponsible statement that he made. Again, I'm not I'm not a, a LeBron Frank James fan. So having an opinion like that, I, I somewhat want to believe as stupid of a statement that was, and yes, I said it was a stupid statement, is that he doesn't believe what he's saying. I mean, ESPN, and and folks, we talked about this ESPN, and after we got off the air, I really thought about what we talked about, is that ESPN is really, really moving away from hardcore sports. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's just the way it is. It's show business. So what happens in show business? You get guys up there making statements to create show business. 
and they are not held accountable because this is the way. If you're going to tote the company line, which is what ESPN seems to be doing with the massive firings that they've had of certain people, I'm wondering if you tote the company line. That having been said, I respect someone toting the company line, even though they don't want to. I mean, people do it every single day outside of sports and their job. Don't want to do something but toting the company line, this is what you do in order to keep your job. ESPN's, and I'm I'm just going to put it out there. ESPN is smart, and I will, and the reason why I'm going to say this is, although they got rid of Ed Werder, although they got rid of the Hoops guy, although they got rid of some of the biggest names that ESPN actually put on the map because of their broadcasting, is letting these guys go that demand a huge salary. And in this day and age where big companies such as ABC, ESPN, and all these other ones are cutting salaries and expecting the Edwarders from the people that come in, they're expecting the Adam Schefters they come in, all these other guys. I don't know if Adam Schefter got cut or not. I'm, I'm just, you get what I'm saying. The guys that were, were released, some of these guys were incredible broadcasters, incredible insiders, incredible knowledge of the game. And I really honestly look at that whole thing at ESPN and how that thing was handled. And all those guys now, uh, uh, massive people heading over to Fox. Fox is going to turn into the Total Sport Network. And ESPN is going to turn into, like, I can't even coin this. Cuervo is the one that coined it. ESPN's turning into the MTV of sports. And if you don't know what I mean, the younger people that don't know what, know what I mean about the MTV of sports is, is that when ESPN started out and MTV, when ESPN started out, it was all about the sports. Nothing but the sports. So I'll help you God. So when MTV started out, it was about the music and the videos. Back in the day, Video Kills the Radio Star first video, it was about the music. Look at MTV now. You'd be hard-pressed to see him play a video on MTV. I mean, I, you might have to go to the middle of the night. I don't know. I, I never really watched it, but I knew what MTV was. But over the years, MTV has turned into entertainment, whether it be reality shows or just shows in general, uh, talking about history of music, which, by the way, they do a great job. But they got into the entertainment portion of it. And now it's not about the music and the videos. It's about the entertainment value they could bring as a whole, not just videos, not just music. They expanded their horizon so much to where they have left the reason why they were put on TV in the first place, which was music and videos. Now they're reality shows. Now they're, you know, shows. They're, you know, series and stuff. Uh, Documentaries, which, by the way, are okay, but getting away from just music. It's entertainment. That's what ESPN 
is turned into. Now, Chris Berman was going to go, all right? Chris Berman was going to go for a couple of reasons. Number one, he, he gets himself in trouble with his mouth off camera. All you got to do is watch the video. Go, go to YouTube. And, and those that love Chris Berman, and I don't blame you if you do, but you will see the two sides of Chris Berman losing his mind on, on interns, losing his mind on other people, staring at women and really sexually um, objectifying women uh, off, off stage and, and things of that sort. You, you, you see the, the two sides of Chris Berman on YouTube. On YouTube. But take away from him, you, 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 Chris Berman is one of the reasons why the entertainment side of ESPN has kicked in. And it started with him call, you know, calling you know, the, the catchphrases for each player. And, and, I, and so help me, my, my, my brain, I, I can't remember those nicknames that he calls every, I, I will, and the good thing, um, um, about Google is you can put anything in and, and find out just about anything at which none of those names could have come to, uh, my mind, but, here we, here we, here's some of them, thanks to Google, if you can't get to them. Eddie, eat, drink, and be merry. Murray. Yeah, eat, drink, and be Murray. Scott, oh, well, I'm not even going to try that one because it's a stupid word, and I don't even know what it is. Uh, Carlos, one, if I land, two, by bye, bye Um Steve Poison Avery. Jesus, get to my loo. Chris One Ben Mafiala, Al Cigarette Lighter, Ozzy Like a Virgil. I mean, just, just things they come on. I mean, Mike, you're in good hands with all thought. Uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy Garcia Para. These are some of the names that were coming there. These are some of the, and it turned into entertainment. I mean, and Lord knows what you were going to hear from Berman. Tim Cotton Candelati, you know, you just never knew what was going to come there. Eric, look, Mom, no Hansons. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, Sean Bootcamp. Lance, you sunk my blanket chip. I mean, I, just all these, John Kitna Caboodle. He's just, you know, it, it it is what it is. And it has changed the face of sports. It's changed. And, and uh, literally, folks, and this is just off the top of my head, it started with Berman when he started doing this stuff. It made it more entertaining, whether it was for him to do uh, recaps of the games that happened on Sunday and or talk about certain guys. That's what he did. So my question is, is that good for ESPN? And I'm going to tell you that it's not good for ESPN, but when you talk about the bottom line, okay, they still want to do the games. And they will still do those games, folks. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you. And they got a cornerstone on that, and they know it. So it's about the game now. 
So the other stuff, they can bring in all those guys from Syracuse and all those where all those do for all that broadcast training that they usually get uh, for them to walk into Bristol. These young cats, I'm going to tell you, if they carry, you know, half of what Ed Werder can do, half of what some of these other guys can do, they have got a good lineup. Now, granted, they're going to go through growing pains, and they'll be all over them. Say, what's going on on here? How's this happening? What's, you know, and... And you, you can say whatever you want. These these layoffs in reality really alienates the fans because now everybody's running over the fox and they're watching those guys over on Fox. Now Fox is taking it in the shorts when it comes to the pocketbook. But what they are doing is investing in the future on where they're going to be down the road because of the the fact they've seen what happened over at ESPN and how they grew the sports department. That's what they want. This is some of these names. And these are, these are names that I know, and I don't pay a lot of attention to ESPN, but these are guys I know. NBA insider Chris Ford, played by uh, – you say whatever you want. Alan Bestwick. Okay, this guy was a play-by-play for college football. Mark Stein. I mean, you want to talk about the NBA reporter insider guy? Mark Stein was one of those guys. Doug McIntyre. Now, he's a soccer guy. And the only reason why I know I turned it on when they were talking about soccer and I knew who he was and I knew – People loved him. So these names that are David Lombardi, okay, he was a college football uh, writer. Andy Katz was let go for college hoops. I mean, these names are names that people know if you watch ESPN at all or watch where they go. But as it goes, They'll bring in the younger crowd, and not only the younger crowd, they don't have to pay the big outstanding salaries that are going on over there. So when you don't pay the salaries, and you'll get maybe half, maybe three-quarters of what you would get with somebody else, because really, though, even the young cats who have never never been heard of, you throw that moniker ESPN on the back of it, people are listening. If you're in an interview or trying to get an interview, trying to get information. So when you throw in the moniker ESPN, it will still carry some weight over time. And once these young cats get going and get their name made because they have the ESPN moniker and people will actually listen to them, then they'll be all set and ready to go for the future that they had going on. Sports Center anchor Chris Hassel was let go. Over at ESPN. Justin uh, Burr, he was the uh, Pelicans reporter for for the NBA. He, uh, some of the women, actually, Fox was uh, was let go. Uh, Lynn Elmore, 
Uh, Calvin Watkins, right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he was let go. So, um, and then the sport anchor, uh, Jay Crawford, that guy, you know, he, he did a lot of time, whether it was first take, cold pizza. He was one of the first originator of cold pizza. See how everything has turned into the, uh, Trent Dilfer. These guys are all going to head on, most of them are going to head on over to ESPN. And they will have a, a career. So when everything comes where it's at, ESPN is going to be the MTV of the sports site, and Fox will be ESPN with the big names. With the with and Fox is going to win that. But ESPN will have a younger crowd. And this is all about going younger to get them set for the future for the next 10 to 15 years of what they're going to be doing over at ESPN. And these young cats will get those young viewers. And guess what? They may be back on top sometime because sooner or later, those older guys are going to want to retire. So it's something to keep track of over there as far as that's concerned. So um, we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Get to our uh, next ad, and we'll be back, folks, when we talk a little bit, uh, a little bit about, a little bit more about the NBA. Kind of got off the, uh, the spot there. We'll talk obviously a little NFL. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nychadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. 
That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Leagues at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainleagues.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, back here on the couch to play the sports show. It's Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on that Sunday morning. Now, guys, lots of things going on. Now, let's, let's hop back into the, uh, the NBA just here for a moment. As the Cleveland Cavaliers have a 3-1 to one lead over the – or mark that. The Golden State Warriors have a 3-1 lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're heading back to Golden State. Game takes place on Monday. First of all – I don't know why we're going to I, – I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. Maybe it's because I just don't remember. Maybe it's because I understand what they're trying to do. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But three days in between these games, I really thought they went every other day, especially if they weren't traveling. I think I understood that three days if they were traveling, like they picked up from Cleveland and headed to Golden State. Then they had three games to get up from game one to game two. Was three, uh, three long days, by the way, which gave us an extra day about talking about it and, and, and tearing it down even more, uh, which they didn't necessarily need. And I was like, wait a second, didn't they just play? It, it, I thought they did these every other day. So, so, number one, the, the length that has gone into these games, three games, three days in between, this is ridiculous. I mean, you played the game on Friday, you were set for a Sunday. Now, I get it. Monday night, nothing's really going on unless it's football season. But they played Friday night. So, now I can play till Monday. It's ridiculous. Now, granted, 
This one's going from Cleveland to Golden State. I understand that. But between game one and game two, it was, it was a three-day thing. You were right there. It's not, I, I'm, I'm missing it. And maybe this is something new, or maybe I haven't been paying attention over the years. That could be it. But three days in between the games, is, to me, seems like an awful lot of time. And that time, I think, in reality, I think the, the time that they have been taking on a lot of things, they could have, I mean, the series could be over. So I don't know. So Cavaliers, they stay alive. You know, they say, you know, they use the motivation of someone saying that they was going to sweep and celebrate the championship on uh, the Cavs home floor. I, I'll tell you, I just don't fall for that. I just, you know, if you can't get motivated for a championship game, you shouldn't even be there. So, I, you know, I kind of take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. So, but the Cavaliers stay alive, and they avoid the sweep. So now, my question is, now since they avoided the sweep, will Stephen A. go back and retract what he's saying? I don't know. So there, there's a lot of things going on. Green with his, with his technical fouls. I mean, yet a story again this season. And, and I don't know what it is about this guy, but Draymond Green, if it's not one thing, it's another. And we, we go into yet again. This is this kind of stuff is kind of crazy. Draymond Green in game number four of the finals was influential, I guess you can say, after he got ejected out of the game on Friday night. Green was allowed to stay in the game after officials said that the first two technical fouls charged to him actually had been called on Steve Kerr. So now there's controversy about that. And not that it mattered. Golden State lost anyway. But that not that that matters, but that's something that the referees are going to have to make um, very clear in the future. You know they're going to talk about it in the offseason. You know that that's going to be something that's going to be said. And... Watch out for that one, I guess is what you can say. Just watch out. Later on in the offseason, we'll be hearing stories like this. So after initially being called on Draymond Green or announced by Draymond Green or whatever the case may be, that's what the situation says. They said they were going to give it to Kurt. Now, were they trying to... You're going to have the conspiracy theorists all over the place, all over this one, which is yet another reason why that they've got to make sure that they do this kind of stuff right. 
and make sure they get it right. And Draymond Green acts like, and the, the funny thing is, Draymond Green acts like he's never done something like this in the past. It, it's like when you've got a person who has a reputation of being a jerk or just a complete ass. Acting like the guy has never been titled an ass. And he's surprised when someone says, well, you're an ass. That's what Draymond Green is. The guy has a reputation of being a dirty player, and then all of a sudden he thinks it's a a, uh, conspiracy against him. Now, some people will say the conspiracy was the referees leaving Draymond Green in so the Golden State Warriors could sweep on the cabinet. And I'm going to tell you right now, that game, that story would have been all over the place, hot and heavy if the Golden State Warriors won that basketball game. So that was a big deal. Although the Cavaliers just kicked their ass, by the way. That's what ended up happening. So that kind of thing, it, it'll be in, ending up to seeing what's going on. The, but my question, and I w- go back to a couple of weeks when we were on the air, we had Quavo on the air, we were talking about Steve Kerr. It's really kind of the kind of thing that I don't know. The, the team is so talented. But some guys do bring off that aura. And in the championship game, I think I'm going to change my opinion about maybe Steve Kerr not being there. That was a couple weeks ago. I was like, no, it don't matter. And I think, and I say think, I think it does matter. I'm going to go back on that. So it should be interesting to see what happens. So, now, the big news is that it's coming out. And this, this is the worst thing. I think Adam Silver is about ready to make his biggest mistake as commissioner of the NBA, of his career as commissioner. And, and I am so against this just by principle. Wrong and different, it don't matter. Here's a couple of things I want to put out on the table about Adam Silver. First of all, this guy has been great for the NBA. He has really come to play, I guess you can say. But Adam Silver is trying to make a big deal, and he's quote-unquote – now. When the commissioner of the NBA makes a suggestion or strongly recommends teams, okay, to, you know, rest, you know, prevent resting their players, teams resting their players, I think it, it takes away from, it is so wrong. Now, and our fans, you take that risk. 
Oh, I paid uh, you know, $150 for this ticket. I didn't get to see LeBron play. <laughs> Boo-hoo. If you're stupid enough to pay $150 for a ticket to see an NBA basketball game, okay, and expecting to see LeBron James and you don't, well, that's too bad. And Adam Silver strongly recommends that teams don't do this. That means there's something in the works to make sure that it doesn't happen. This is, this is not a good move by Adam Silver. He's putting himself out there not to be only criticized. This will be his, one of the things that he will be remembered for on making the wrong decision. Now, I go back to the fact that if you want to pay that $150 ticket for that quote-unquote premium game, I love that, by the way, the NBA premium games, so if you get the Pelicans coming in there, that $150 ticket is 30 Hey, that's fine. If you want to shell the money out for that game, go for it. But Adam Silver, when he says that he is going to recommend, I will strongly recommend teams not to rest their top players at home games are away games, all together is a big mistake. It's taken away from the authority of a coach to, say, to do strategic things. Hey, if you're good enough in the way, and that's the reason why the regular season of a football, whether it's football, basketball, or whatever, but especially in basketball, where you've got so many teams making it into the playoffs in the first place, you have a guy strongly, the leader of the pack, strongly recommending that, not recommending, uh, arresting players. So he will first strongly recommend it, and then somehow it's going to get demanded in a rule or whatever gets brought up. And this is a big mistake. This is giving Adam Silver way too much power on what a coach can do for his basketball team. And this goes back to, to, to guys like, all you got to do is take a look at the Spurs. This is a basketball team at one point, Tim Duncan, back in the days where they had this thing wrapped up and they had, and then now Adam Silver says, well, you can't sit Tim Duncan. I strongly recommend you not that. So and what it is, it's a, it is a, oh, how do you say it? It is a strong suggestion He's pretty much telling – it's like when you're a kid and your dad comes in, I strongly suggest you clean your room. Okay, that strong suggestion means that if you don't clean your room, you're going to get your ass kicked. Well, at least back in my day. Now, maybe you get a timeout in today's day, you know, with kids. But, that, but that's what I get on it. With him coming into doing this, this could be the biggest mistake that he makes as a new commissioner within this league. I don't know. It seems bad. Let's see what the fine co-host of this program has to say about it. It's Quavo on a Sunday morning. Good morning, Quavo. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, Sonny. How are you? My apologies for being so late. Uh, Mama oh. Quavo <laughs> rang the rain, so I had to speak to her. You know how that goes. Yeah, I, I get it. Completely understand. You need to talk to Mama Quavo. But... I, I just want to get your take. I don't know if you heard about this. I read this yesterday about Adam Silver strongly recommending NBA teams not to fit their stars 
obviously toward the end of the season when they got everything wrapped up and blah, blah, blah. Is is this me or is this a big mistake in Adam Silver? This could be the one thing that he could be remembered as as being the commissioner, more so than what he has done great to this point. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's the big talk in the NBA right now, uh, you know, aside from the finals and all that stuff. But during the regular season, the big talk was about players resting, players taking games off and, and injuries and, and things like that. So it's kind of unfortunate that this kind of fell into Adam Silver's lap because this was never an issue with David Stern. Everything else was an issue. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it was it, it was kind of bound to happen, I guess you can say, no matter who the commissioner was going to be. But, you know, when it comes to that, I, I kind of my, – my initial reaction was, for whatever reason, these teams want to stick it to the league and, and say, oh, you want this game on prime time and, and whatnot. Well, we're going to sit out all of our star players. And, and if you notice, there was a trend for about a month where every game that was nationally televised was, um, you know, it was a, a situation where all the, star, all the star players sat out. And I think that's why it's come to the yeah. point now where Adam Silver is saying it's strongly recommended, or in other words, I'm giving you the warning right now, you might want to yep. stop doing that, or else it's going to get to a point, like you said, where, you know, the team get penalized, the coach could get fined, or something along the lines of that. So it, it's, you know, I, 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 I agree to an extent where you're taking away from the coach, the coaches, but I think really the real situation is to get down to the root of why these coaches um, are sitting these guys out. Um, you know, you're curious as to what the timing is. On um, guys, sit, why don't they sit on a Tuesday night when it's just a, a local game being broadcasted and they're playing, you know, a team like, uh, you know, the New Jersey, or, you know, the well, New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. The you Pelicans. Know, you, don't really, you, you know, you don't, or the Pelicans, you know, you don't need your star players, but yet you got a Saturday night game and it's Spurs versus, you know, Rockets, but you want to, you want, James Harden to sit out, and you want Tony Parker to sit out, and you want Kawhi Leonard to sit out. So, you know, it, it, to me, I, I kind of find that coincidental where these guys are sitting out the primetime games but playing the local, you know, games that you are playing teams with less talent. Interesting. I never looked at it that way. But even at that point, let's just say it's they're, they're – for whatever reason, sitting. It, it, you know, it, in other words, this is affecting the bottom line as well because who's going to watch this game if your star players are not going to play at the end of the season and we got you lined up in prime time uh, with a good basketball game, but yet none of the big leagues are playing. It's going to affect the bottom line, which is money. And the and when you start affecting money, that 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 starts getting things crazy. All you gotta do is look at ESPN. You got money on the end of that. They got guys going over to Fox all day long. And the fact that the money portion is a big deal 
that's what's going on here. But I think it really does undermine, uh, undermine the coach to do what he wants to do with his team because ultimately the responsibility of a basketball team to win is the head coach. And if the head coach can't use strategy to do what he wants to do in order for him to secure his job, whether that be resting his players, getting ready for the playoffs, or whatever the case may be, I really think it's a big undermining of the coach and what he does. And ultimately, the, the, the person that suffers in all this, I know it's the fan, but the fact of the matter is it's the head coach from taking away from the discretion on what he can do for his team. And I think when you, when you do that, you're just cutting the guy off at the legs on what he wants to do. And a big time guy that you can, you can just go to. And this happened back in the, um, you know, back in the days, um, you know, what probably, you know, starting at about, I would say around 2004, 2005, Greg Popovich was king at this. I mean, and he, and that's one of the reasons why he won the championships. And you go and you can ask him that, and I bet you a dime that's one of the things where we're so ahead. I got time to get the guys get some good rest and things like this guy was king at doing that because his team was so damn good that he could rest these guys the last three weeks of the season and have them fresh for the playoffs. Taking that strategy away from a head coach, I think it's so horrible for I think it's horrible for the league in reality. I know it's about the fans. I know it's about the guys that pop 150 bucks a ticket. I know it's about the prime time and you got to have your stars there. I get it. But this is not an episode of Roseanne. Okay, this, this, you know, Roseanne can fall and twist her ankle and she can sit on the sofa and still be funny in the show. If, if a player twists his ankle, he could be out for six to eight weeks. And that's yet another portion of that resting the player that could be a, a, a point of emphasis for teams and coaches that don't want this. Yeah, no, you're right, Sonny. You know, and, and the way I look at it too, and this is just maybe this is just my opinion. I mean, you may, may you may agree, you may not agree, but I think if you're paying $150, $200, however much a ticket to an NBA game costs, if you're going to see one specific player, you probably shouldn't be going to a game at all. Yeah, and the reason I, I get it. it. <laughs> you're going for the wrong. You're going for the wrong reasons. You should be going because number one. It's your favorite team playing, not just your favorite player. Number two, you love the game of basketball. Like, those should be right. reasons why you yeah. go to a game. Not because, oh, I'm going to get to see Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to get to see LeBron James. I'm going to get to see, you know, uh, uh, you know whoever else, you know, Wayne Wade or whatever star uh, your favorite team has. Like, that's why you should go see your team play. Just watch a game of basketball. Like, you should go because mm-hmm. you love the game, because you enjoy the game, not because a certain player is going to go or a certain player is going to play. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like you can make the same arguments or the same complaints, if you will, for fans to go to Week 17 games in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. because yeah. Especially if you're like a Patriots fan And all of a sudden you find out Tom Brady's not going to be playing quarterback You're getting Jimmy Garoppolo instead Well You know you should be going to watch The Pats play not to 
just see Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady playing is the bonus. That's how you should look at it. But everybody's different, Sonny. Um, you know, they want to go to see that one player play. To me, I don't think it's worth spending the money. I would just rather watch it at home and, uh, you know, enjoy it from my from my couch, and, you know, with, with some – with some good food or drinks, whatever you prefer to do while you're watching a game. And, you know, you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about standing out in bad weather or whatever the case may be. And, you know, life is good. So that, exactly. that's the I, I, I don't know if we should do this. I mean, baseball is such a different sport. I mean, it's such a different thing to where that can be. I mean, you have so many games. So when you rest a player in the Major League Baseball, um, it, it's not a, as big a deal compared to the NFL or even to basketball. Uh, 86 games, I think, of basketball or something like that. I mean, it's in the 80s. And uh, obviously football with only 16 on the slate. And then you have baseball with, you know, so many games. So, but – the difference also is is that that prime ticket. I mean, I don't know if they do it. I mean, I have not been to a sporting event to where I've had to pay for the ticket in so long, so I don't know what the going rate for a, you know, ticket to yeah, – actually, I do know. They do raise the prices because I was in Arizona and the New York Yankees were in town and the, season, and the tickets were more for that game. So they have premium pricing as well. So – yeah, I, this premium pricing, which the NBA and all these other teams, you know, now, now the NFL doesn't do that, but um, but baseball and basketball have these premium pricing that you pay more for a certain team. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I think they might have done something to take them out of the market to make it to where you can't be. Like the fan that you're talking about, because oh, you know, I want to see the the Patriots, or in this case, in basketball, I want to see Cleveland play. Um, yeah, or I, if I'm a Golden State Warrior fan in the regular season, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, you want to see your team, but you want to see LeBron. But you're gonna come. The fact that you're complaining that you didn't see LeBron because you paid more for the ticket because it was a LeBron game compared to whoever plays for the Pelican team. You know, there's too much complaining about the about that portion of it, and the complaining always comes down to one thing: Cuervo. It's about money, whether the NBA will make it or whether it's money out of the pocket for the fans or whatever. So, whatever the excuses that has effect on somebody's wallet, and you already know whose wallet's going to win. It's going to be the one that's bigger, the wallet that's bigger. That be the NBA, that be in uh, Major League Baseball, charging more for games. But then Adam Silver making this step. Do you think he's going to make that step to make this some kind of rule about the superstars and things of that sort? Um, that hey, uh, whether it's on primetime primetime TV or you know you know with their money makers, whether it's TNT or uh, whoever broadcasts bas- uh, basketball. Um, I think he could run into some roadblocks. I think it's. A, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know exactly how things work in the NBA, Sonny, as far as you know the coaching and how their contracts are worded. You know, as far as how they rest players, is it at their own discretion or 
do they have to get approval from the from the GM or or the team president? Or I I honestly don't know how that all works, but I think Adam Silver will try to find a loophole to where he will tell teams, look, if it's a primetime game, um, you know your stars have to play, or or your stars will play at least you know thirty minutes or so, I don't know something ridiculous, but. But I think he could run into a situation where it's like, you know, well, now you're violating the contracts of the coaches or, or – I, I really don't know. I mean, that's, it's, it's hard to answer that question, Sonny, whether it's because, number one, he's the commissioner, but the commissioner also works for the owners. So it's kind of like it could be a thing where this could be drawn out. It could be a, a, a longer story than it should be. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be – if this is the talk of the NBA offseason, then that's when you know the NBA is in a bad place. I'm sorry. I mean, for depending on the way this finals plays out, um, if it ends tomorrow, then, you know, we'll talk about how great, you know, where does this Warriors team rank in NBA history of teams and, and whatnot, or if it, if it goes longer, and then we'll talk about LeBron's legacy, and it should be about that. But, you know, no, we're think? talking about resting. We're going to talk about rest. Like, how ridiculous, ridiculous does that sound? We're talking about yep. rest. Kind of like an Allen Iverson rant. We're talking about <laughs> rest. Rest. Exactly. Yeah. Out of all the things that, yeah, but, you know, the bottom line is money, and that's the, and that's the thing that's the driving force in this, without question. If anybody's under the illusion, that's what it's about. Uh, whether it's the fans, whether it's like you said, the TNT broadcast or whatever the case may be, and they don't have LeBron on prime time on TNT. So, you know, it fits one half a dozen the other, and it's not a good thing. And if it's a situation where if it's a game on TNT or national and you can't sit your players because they are on national TV, I think I think that's a slippery slope. Well, we'll end up seeing what happens there. So here's what we're going to do, because I'm getting feedback from Cuervo's, uh, Cuervo's mic. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have Cuervo call back in and then come back in and see if we can yeah, disconnect that portion of it. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA, get his points on what he sees in the NBA. Then we'll hop into some football news, because there's some good football news going on uh, in the NFL. We'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Rego and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com.
Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark.
as a businessman, he kind of uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thoroughly amazed. Thoroughly. And, and I, I don't know. Cuervo, he's there. Let me kill you. He's there, my friend. Sonny, I am here. My fault for such the long pause. I had to get my Sunday morning haircut. So what's the topic now? Oh, Cuervo. We're we're in the NBA, and I'm going to reset this because this is you know we were talking about players and everything else, and and mm-hmm. I kind of moved in. This, this is we talked about also the the NBA and Adam Silver, but I wanted to get to I, I ran across this this week and I thought it was interesting, and this was back in 2016. Tyron Lue. Okay, you know, I'm sure you know who he is. This oh, man, I know exactly who he is, Sonny. He, this man signed that five-year extension to be the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't, I don't know if we ever really, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but he signed a five-year extension for $35 million, Cuervo. Tyron Lue is the highest, he's probably within the top ten, of highest paid coaches in the NBA because Popovich is getting paid $11 million. So just to give you an idea where the numbers, uh, the numbers fly, like Cuervo, this is unbelievable that a basically an intern, and I, yes, I'm going to insult the man, but he's smart because he signed the contract. I, I, he's bringing it home, but, but the, Cleveland Cavaliers signed an intern coach because we all know who the coach of that basketball team is for 35 million bucks. And that guy, you know, he's, he's making it big. So my question, I guess I have, I mean, we we talked about it two weeks ago and I almost fell for what you said, Cuervo, but after the show, I started thinking a little bit, you're talking about a coach in Tyron Lue we said, well, and I think your point was, well, he coaches everybody but LeBron. But my question, I guess, after I had time to think about it, and I agreed with you at the time, but do you really honestly think that? And because I've got to, if they're at the end of the game, okay, and if for some reason, some reason that King James can't be in the game, and Tyron Lewis got everybody in the head, okay, guys, we're going to call this play. And then LeBron says, James says, uh, no, we're going to run this play. Whose play do you think they're actually going to run? I just, just, I, I'm just asking. Did I lose? Honestly, there he is. Uh, no, I'm, I'm here, Sonny. Uh, well, I think there's – first of all, I think he just holds the, the title of head coach. He doesn't uh, – thank you. He doesn't really – he really is not a head coach. I think that's what I meant Absolutely. by it. And, you know, and, and LeBron runs that show. We all know that. But um, I think if, if I'm understanding your question correctly, though, he's he he's more of a manager, I guess, is what you're trying to ask? Or Well, or I want to see if you think I, – I just want to see, like, and in the game, if for some reason LeBron James can't be in the game – and they're uh-huh. in a huddle at the end of the game, and Tyron Lee says, okay, guys, we're going to run this play. That if even not in the game, LeBron James says, no, that's not the play we're going to run. We're going to run this one. 
I don't. Mm, okay, now now I get your question. Okay, I don't I don't see LeBron being that guy, Sonny, that like say he's sitting out a game, and okay. he comes in and he and he inter and he interjects on something that Tyron Lue wants to say, something Tyron Tyron Lue wants to do. I see LeBron being more as the guy to motivate the players. Um, I don't think he's that type of guy where he's gonna. Um, He's going to undermine the coach. Now I know there was some friction between him and Eric Spolster when he was in Miami. Big time. But that's when he was he was actually playing. We all remember, you know, the shoulder bump and all that stuff on the court, by the way. Yeah. In a game, by the way. And mm-hmm. so I, th- I don't think we can really I don't think we can really deny what happened there. But I think if if he is in a, if it's a situation setting where he's in the game and it's you know. Uh, uh, he's he's involved in the play. I think he's going to be the type to like, coach. I don't think we should do that. We should do this. Um, and nine times out of ten, if you're a smart coach, you're probably going to take your best player's advice because that's just me. And if you want to be that stubborn coach and say, no, we're going to do it my way, okay, fine. And when it doesn't happen, and when it doesn't work, and you lose the game, guess who's got to explain what happened at the end? You do, coach. So. You know, I mean, there's players out there, Sonny, don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler of the Chicago Bulls is one of them. Where yes. He has, yes. he has definitely questioned uh, the, the coach's decisions during, during you know, uh, at the end of a game. And it, cost them a, and it cost them a victory. And I think for coaches, they should probably be a little more humble and take advice, especially if it's coming from your best player. And if your best player is – you know the the so-called chosen one, and it's, it's he is the best player in the league. You probably want to go ahead and consider his his uh, advice. So uh, I'm not saying you have to do what he says every time because now you're losing authority uh, in, in the player's eyes. But you know it's kind of like, all right, LeBron, I hear you. You know, uh, uh, you know, well let's let's try this then instead. Do you get what I'm saying, Sonny? Like. You take the players. I get exactly what you're saying. You don't you don't want to totally just kind of you know go with what the player is saying simply in the fact that you have to you have to continue to show that authority as the head coach. So, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't see LeBron being a guy that if he's sitting out a game he's going to just come in and say no we're going to do it this way. I don't see him being that. Too. Now there are guys out there that would do it, but I don't think LeBron's one of them. I I I I just look at the whole situation as far as the Cleveland Cavaliers are concerned. I I, I don't think anybody in this that is in the sporting world knows who's really coaching that team. So I I just I roll with that, and maybe Tyron Lue can maybe give guys pointers in practice but I think if it comes down to a vital play out on the basketball court and I, it, that 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 answer is going to be LeBron James now to to lose credit he shot up to the number uh, three highest paid coaches in the NBA by being a paperweight and I, I will I, and I'll give him all the respect in the world because if you can get the money for that you've done something now so in other words, he's keeping LeBron happy because someone besides LeBron James has to wear the quote-unquote head coach 
title, and it can't be him or it shouldn't be him. And I think LeBron's smart enough to say, well, I'm not going to be a player coach, head coach. I think he's smart enough to, to not do that uh, to where – but that's one I, that's one heck of a salary for a guy. Tyron Lue shot up to the number four spot in highest paid coaches in the NBA. And, and if you would have told me that before he even stepped on the court with LeBron James, I would say he'd be the number one highest paid maybe coach in the D League. But when it comes to the NBA, um, th- this guy getting paid that amount of money He's robbing the place, but with the, but with their, you know, with their approval. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, you know what I find amazing about it though, is I'm almost willing to bet my one full paycheck of mine that Tyron Lue has already made more money in the league as a coach than he ever did as a player. That's something yeah. to think about. That's something to think about. <laughs> Big time. Steve Kerr's the same way. Steve Kerr was nothing but a role player on the bench for you know the Bulls and the Spurs and 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 all that stuff. And he's made more money as a head coach than he ever did as a player. It, it's it's pretty crazy how how that those things kind of work. I I you know. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I'm I'm pulling it up because you're making a valid point. And, and, but you know, to to an extent, Tyron Lue and Steve Kerr, both of them really role players. But one was a role player so much that obviously he became beloved in Chicago. Let's be honest. Uh, people people love that that whole situation. Um, but. I, I don't know. It, it seems to me that where you you get a guy that can motivate a team, and I'll even put it out there. Well, we were talking about it on the show when Steve Kerr. I'm like, it, it, it's Steve. It's Steve Kerr. But whatever he did, it, you know, I, you know, we kind of briefly talked about. It. it kind of reminds me of a little bit of you know, you know, the wizard himself, Phil Jackson. You know what he does. You know you got to be able to control that. So maybe this, maybe I'm just too old to get it. At the same time, uh, by having Tyron Lue as one of the highest played paid head coaches in the league, to me is laughable. So it, it's it, it's but good for him that he could actually do that. So, but I guess, I don't know. Let's, let's go to the game tomorrow night. You see Cleveland being done on Monday night, or are they going to stretch it out another one? Well, Tony, if the game was in Cleveland, I'd say, yeah, I think they can win. But uh, because it's in the Bay Area uh, on the West Coast, I think it's a done deal, Sonny. I think, I think Golden State wraps it up. And uh, we can go on and move on to the off season. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm Do you think that's because of Kevin Durant? I mean, because if you remember correctly, and I know you do, uh, Cleveland came storming back with three games down and ended up winning the championship. Oh well, I think. I mean, especially with the way he's playing right now. I mean, if he has another, you know, even. Even if he has a decent game, I think Kevin Durant's going to win the MVP of the NBA Finals. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. So, um, but yeah, I think I, 
Durant has obviously been the, the biggest difference in the finals this year compared to last year. Um, and, 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 you know, if you go on the other side, I think – and I wish I – and I, if I had my computer in front of me, Sonny, I, I would make the point for you. Um, but I would love – I'm very interested to see Tristan Thompson's numbers. I think if I have to point the finger at anybody if I'm a Cavaliers fan as to why they just sunk it up so bad in the finals so far, Tristan Thompson hasn't done jack squat for this team. He's supposed to be the starting uh, power forward. You know, or, or not the power forward, but uh, he's supposed to be one of the major, you know, key uh, defensive, um, you know, rebounders. You know, guys, guys that are supposed to be doing that type of stuff, he has not shown up in the finals at all this year. I think his best game has been like four points and four rebounds. I mean, it's, it's pretty Actually, actually, it was eight points and four rebounds. Um, in three games, he has scored, he scored a massive, in three games, a massive 13 points. Uh, so there you are. But the, the just this last game, he had 10 rebounds. But before that, the two games before, he had seven combined. You see the difference, though, Sonny? 10 rebounds in a game, and look at what happened. Cleveland wins by 20. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if somebody other than LeBron and Kyrie Irving could show up to the Cavaliers, that would be great. I would love to see an actual competitive NBA Finals where it's not just you know, the the Golden State Warriors against some team who happened to win the East. Like, let's make it competitive, Cleveland. Come on. Like, Christian Thompson, step your game up. Kevin Love, step your game up. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyrie and LeBron, I mean, you know, I, I know we expect them to do it all themselves, but let's, let's think about this. Let's be smart. Like, Golden State's got four guys that can, that can hurt you on any given night. So... Um, you know, these other guys. Well, Ke- hold on. To, to defend a little bit, and I'm not a Kevin Love fan at all, uh, he did score 23 points this last game, had five rebounds and an assist, and three steals. Now, it was the game before that that he didn't show up with only nine points, but the game before that, 27 points. So they're getting the points from Kevin Love. They're getting them from LeBron James. They're getting from them. They're just outgunned right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's hard, Sonny. I mean, this Golden team is something else. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, but, you know, it, it's uh, – they're just going to have to buckle down. I, I mean, beating them at in their house, it's, it's going to be – you know, you thought game seven was a challenge last year. This is going to be by far the biggest challenge that I think Cleveland has faced in the past three yeah. years of the finals. It's just, I mean, ha- trying to avoid elimination on the road with the team with a team like that, as hot as they're playing, um, it's it's I mean, it's going to have to take one of you know a historic performance by. Obviously not just LeBron. You're going to get what you get with him. But, um, you know, guys like Love, guys like Tom. I mean, who's to say J.R. Smith doesn't go off tomorrow? I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that they need. They need guys like that to really light it up. 
and and uh, they they've never really done in their careers as far as point wise. Um, you know, it's and it's going to be hard, but but it's got to happen, Sonny, or else things over tomorrow night. Let me ask you a question because we talked about this before the playoffs, and I and I'll tell you, I picked Cleveland to win this. So I guess I want to know. Is this, is this a pressure of team, or is this a pressure of LeBron James? Now, I'm going to tell you why I think it's LeBron more so than the team. Because this team was winning basketball games with LeBron James dishing the ball and everything else. To me, it seems like they have gotten away. Now, you, you talked about them showing up, you know, guys showing up. And Kevin Love has showed up, you know. He's got a one, two, three. I think they've shown up, but I think they've changed the way that they play the game more so than anything. And that's the reason why we're not looking at the same thing. I don't think LeBron James trusts what they did in the regular season in order to win games, and I think they've changed their strategy as a team. What do you think? Ooh, that's a good question, Sonny. I mean, they've changed. You know, this this Cleveland team does look a little different, I guess, when you really, when you you know now that you've mentioned that. But I mean, I, I just I just think that really. Well, let me go back to your original question first. I mean, is it is it, is it about LeBron or is it about the team? I think the media has perceived it to be about LeBron. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, when you really think about it, it's it's about this team that was supposed to be the favorites, and, and, and you know, because LeBron is back, and you know he's been back for three years now, and they've made some finals every year. So, you know, standing in their way though was obviously a team that won seventy three games last year, and then they turn around, well. That's not good enough. What can we do more? Oh, let's add the second best player in the league, arguably, Kevin Durant. So they did that. And they actually had a worse record. You know, go figure, right? But Exactly. I mean, <laughs> go figure. So when it comes to the media, Sonny, yes. It's about LeBron. And all we're talking about is his legacy now that he's about to finish his, what, four, 13th year, 14th year? 13th year. Something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. You know, that, that's, that's all the talk's been about is the legacy, his legacy, comparing him to Michael, which to me, of course, there's no comparison. But, you know, I, I guess we can talk about it, right? Um, but really, the focus should be on the Cavalier team. But the media has made it about LeBron James. And, and I'll defend LeBron in this. And you know I'm not a big LeBron fan. I'm – Mm-hmm. Sonny, you you know that. Yeah. Well, I have to. I kind of have to defend him on this, and in, in the fact that, you know, it it, it can't be just about him. Okay. I mean, we well, does he make that about him? Is the pressure from the media getting into where that they can't trust what they have done all season long? Listen, they could have won more games during the regular season. Everybody knows that. I mean, and you're talking about a LeBron James that would dish. You're talking, but it seems like he's trying to, not that he's trying to, but the pressure of the media and what it's all about gets to him to where 
he abandons what they have done through the regular season, and it's a totally – now, we all say that when you get into the, the, uh, the, the playoffs, the game changes. Um, mm-hmm. and, but you'll hear coaches say that, well, we're going to continue doing what we did all year long. That has been successful. I don't think they've done that. I don't think they've moved what they've done through the regular season that was successful. I think the pressure and the change that is being made on how they play these games is totally different than what they did in the regular season. Now, do they need to do that? I don't know. It is the Golden State Warriors, but I haven't seen a glimpse of what they've done in the regular season compared to what they're doing. It's a totally different game. That is, I mean, Kevin Love, he'll score the 27. When you looked at the stats and you looked at the numbers through the regular season, you've seen all these guys, okay, scoring, whether it was LeBron. Hey, LeBron's going to get hit without question. Um, uh-huh. But then you have, you have Kevin Love doing what he does, which, by the way, if Kevin Love can come up and score 27, maybe have 10 in one game and another uh, on the other side. But, you know, Kyrie Irving, this is not – they're not playing the same basketball that they did in the regular season. And that was the reason why I thought they would win, Cuervo. This was a different team. LeBron was dishing to Kyrie. LeBron was dishing to Kevin Love or J.R. Smith. Look at what J.R. Smith and Christian Thompson, he – I don't know if he's, he's not showing up or is LeBron getting them the ball. Or trusting in them enough to get the ball. And that's where I see the difference between what they did in the regular season and what they're doing in the playoffs right now. Well, but now at the same time, Sonny, what is, what is Christian Thompson's role? Is it, to, is it to be a scorer? Is it to be – what is his role? Does he need the ball to, be, to do what he needs to do for that team, to contribute what they need from him? My my answer, my opinion, no, he doesn't need the ball. So, I think we can we can talk about LeBron trusting players, but we should also talk about what what is their role on this basketball team. You can't you can't have every single player like your mission is to score twenty points. Like it's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. So, with Tristan Thompson, Tony, to me, and this is what I know about. I guess the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm not a big Cavaliers fan, but you know, to me, he is. And I and I hate to use the Dennis Rodman comparison, but yes, it kind of. I know is, what you're it saying. Kind of is similar. It is kind of similar. It, 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 he's a he's a big body to play defense, get rebounds, um, and that's what he does. And he'll score his six to eight points, just like Dennis used to do, but. He's more of get possessions, defend. You know, don't let, don't allow find an open player. Yeah, yeah, and don't allow you know, Zaza, I'm a dirty player, Pachulia to do what he does. So, you know, that's that's his role. It's not necessarily take the ball and 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 score twenty points. So. I, if, if that's what you mean by LeBron doesn't trust him, Sonny, yeah, I can understand why because that's not his purpose. But if you mean LeBron doesn't trust him as in he's not doing his job, well, then that's a different conversation. And I would have to agree with LeBron and say, yeah, he hasn't been doing his job. He hasn't been doing what his role is on this basketball team. And so yeah, but the roles have changed. I, it, just within the last two, ga- it, it, just within the last two games, Cuervo. 
Okay, just within the last two games, we're seeing J.R. Smith scoring 15 and 16 points a game, not getting any rebounds, which should be his role, Cuervo. You say whatever you want about J.R. Smith, okay? J.R. Smith knows how to rebound the basketball, and this guy's short. He's 6'6 by standard, okay? So last couple of games, he scored 15 and 16 games. The time before that, if you go back all the way to May 7th, the only time he scored in double digits was 13 against the Celtics, and they lost that game. Okay, so, you know, I, 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 don't, I hate looking at trends because that's obviously what I just did. I saw a trend. I saw a trend when J.R. Smith actually scores more than, than 12 points, they lose a basketball game. But, you know, he, he actually won the basketball game scoring 15. But J.R. Smith hasn't been a guy regularly all season long scoring a lot of points. This guy averages eight points a game, and now, you know, his role stepped up to where it's almost double where he's scoring 16 points a game. Tristan uh, uh, Thompson, that guy is not a a regular scorer. He'll have a game where he'll score score 18 to 20 points here and there, but he averages eight points a game. So the fact that he only has done that in the last three games one time – that definitely has taken my – but really when you look at that number and the, how they lost those basketball games, it wasn't the three or four points that Tristan Thompson wasn't scoring. However, I do agree with you about his role at getting the ball off the ba- basketball uh, court. This guy's averaging 11 rebounds a game, and he hasn't even hit 11 since he played the Celtics in the game that they lost, by the way. He hasn't even hit that number since before May. So you might be right as far as where Tristan Thompson and what his role is. He hasn't been able to live up to what his role is, is get the ball. And does that have to do with minutes? Of course not. The guy's averaging 30 minutes a game. So he's been in each one of these games. However, in in the last game, he played 36 minutes. So we're seeing a little bit different role of what he normally does. He's getting more minutes, and he's being less productive with the more minutes. When you get him in there for 29 minutes compared to the 36 minutes that he played, he's not productive. Why is that? He's putting more time in that game. It might tell you something about his conditioning as well because we're only talking about the difference between seven minutes in the basketball game, but yet his numbers Mm -hmm. go down the more time he plays. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said about that, Sonny, and and um, and that's what I'm saying, you know, um, is this, there's just certain guys that, you know, normally we're we're talking about, and right now we're not. Right now we're not talking about them because they haven't been, you know, they haven't shown up, so to speak, and they haven't done what they haven't done their job, as Bill Belichick says. You know, do your job. Yeah, he hasn't been doing that. So, um, you know, I think with a team like Golden State, you know. It's it's not really necessarily where they have to change a whole lot because they have so many scores and they score so many points. But when it comes to the finals, you know, it, it, it's you know something out of the ordinary has to happen almost every game for you know to win games against teams like that. Where whether it's you know Golden State turns over the ball more than usual or. Yeah, Smith scores 30 points. That's unusual. Or Tristan Thompson right. has 20 rebounds and 10 blocks. That's unusual. Kevin Love, uh, you know, uh, has five steals in a game or something. Something crazy happens. You know, it, it's 
that's what has to happen in order to beat this Golden State team. I mean, last year, um, I think Golden State made the mistake of letting off the gas, and then in game I seven, it right. kind of caught up to them. I, it caught up to them, and you know, and they, they got into a rut at a bad time. Yeah, and 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 they got you know, and then LeBron took over the last two minutes of the game, had the you know one of the you know the most historic blocks we've ever seen in a game, in, in, especially in a game seven of the finals. Um, yes, and, and you know the rest is history. So uh, I think I think Golden State learned from that. Obviously, they're not letting off the gas this year. Uh, they they kind of you know they played a dud in game four. But that's why I say game five, it's over, just because I think with an opportunity to win at home and to close it out and, you know, not risk this thing going back to Cleveland for game six and then who knows what happens game seven, just like last year, um, I don't think Golden State's willing to take that chance again. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be a done deal tomorrow, Sonny. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think Cleveland's going to steal one just so they make it interesting. I, you know, I, I don't well, think that LeBron James is going to be satisfied. He's not going to be satisfied without the ring. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's going to be even more pissed if he only gets one game. And remembering who he's playing, who he's got coming at him, Kevin Durant and Curry and all the other guys, he wants it. I mean – I think I think he would be able to live with himself getting two games compared to only one. I think that would probably kill him uh, as far as where he's at. But it really interestingly enough is when you're looking at the numbers and I'm talking about where they go outside of what they've been doing. I, just really quick. All right. When I'm looking at the numbers on the rebounds, okay, during the regular season, LeBron James averaged about eight rebounds in the game. Okay. So – but when he's moved into the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors, Cuervo, this guy's getting 10, 11, 11, 15 rebounds in those games against the Warriors. Before that, that guy was getting eight, eight, in between seven and eight rebounds a game. So he's gone outside of what he was doing to that point to get to this game. Now, also looking at some other things where you're looking at, as far as this guy, he, he is putting in a, uh, an incredible amount of minutes during the rest. His, uh, his minutes are actually increasing as well in, in this series compared to the other series before. That's why I uh, look at this, and I look at this Cleveland Cavaliers, how they got in the way from the reason why I thought they were successful. I thought that they would win this, but I thought it would take seven for them to get it as long as they continually played what they did in the regular season, because I thought it was a good quality brand for where LeBron James is in his career now, compared to him having to take over a game four or five years ago, it's understandable. When I looked at LeBron this year and what he'd done this year, this guy was spreading the ball out. His assists were incredible this year. Um, Now he's even, he's getting to the point where he's now more looking to pass the ball uh, in in these games, um, and they got away from it. So that's when I kind of look in at as a whole as far as what Cleveland's doing in this series compared to what they did in the series before that or in the regular season. Because let's be honest, I mean it, it, the Raptors didn't have a chance. The Celtics were the Celtics are a good team. Notice how I said good team. 
not even great or even close to great. They won the, obviously they won the East, but I mean, this is NBA basketball. I mean, if they were that great, they'd be in the championship game right now. And and Cleveland, let's be honest, I mean, look like a bunch of, uh, you know, college kids that just came out on the basketball court for the first time in college. So, it, it, moving away from everything, that, and I've seen it, it, it's been so obvious compared to what they did in the regular season. Now you're saying, Sonny, how many games did you watch? Well, I'll tell you how many I watched. Hardly any until they got near the playoffs, and then I started going back and watching the games. You can, By the way, guys, you can find these games all over the place and watch the games and see what they're doing, and that's exactly usually what I do in the NBA because I'm not going to sit and watch a game, but moving up and getting you know, information and, and developing what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, is usually going back and watching it on demand and watching how a team puts it together. And I thought, look, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't think, everybody was talking about, you know, the Golden State Warriors, and they're good, don't get me wrong, they got all the, everything they need to win this championship, but I really thought it was going to be tougher, a lot tougher for the Golden State Warriors to get this because of what LeBron was doing before he hit this series with Golden State because they that the the game has changed for that team going into this series, I think. Yeah, it has, Sonny. You know, now that I've had a moment to reflect on what I just said, I, I think I think I'm gonna have to retract a little bit. And the reason I say that is because once you mentioned Cleveland might steal a game what I instantly thought about was not necessarily because Cleveland is going to play a better game. I, and, and, you know, I guess maybe, maybe we'll, we'll hear something from conspiracy Cuervo for the first time ever, but I think conspiracy couch is all over this as well. Let's face it for every NBA finals game, the NBA makes, I think if I read correctly, roughly $11 million. million. Yes, I remember. I saw that stat, that number earlier this week. Let me ask you a question, Sonny. You really think the NBA is going to, you know, not take that opportunity to make an extra $22, $23 million if they can? Mm hmm. To extend it to a game five or six? Yeah, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I think I think you led me right into a path that you were trying to get me to go, and 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 I finally picked up what you were dropping. So, um, <laughs> you know, and not I, and I, not I, only I, that, not only that, when you look at what's going on, as far as that, and and sometimes I know how to be subtle. Sometimes I'll just call it the way I see it, but being subtle, which it, it is, is that. Just remember last year when the Cleveland Cavaliers ripped off three victories in a row to get that game, to win that championship, which, let's be honest, Cuervo, I mean, I think at the, we thought that was over last year as well. I mean, we, we didn't right. think we'd see Cleveland rip off those games in order to win that series. And it goes to exactly what you're talking about. It's not the team. That, that 11.7, that's the NBA. The, the teams make more than that, but it's the NBA on what they got to do to continue to be successful as a league. They got to have that money. And you're absolutely right, my friend. I think you, you, you might have walked right into where I was headed. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'll take back what I said. I think Cleveland will win game six. 
or game five, and it's not because they're going to play better than Golden State, but think about it. We've already seen kind of a sneak peek of what's to come, I guess, in game five and potentially game six. If I remember correctly, and I don't have, again, I'm, I don't have my, I'm not in front of my computer. I am at home, but not in front of my computer. I think Cleveland had 22 free throws in the first quarter of last of game four. The yes. first yes. quarter. Of Absolutely. Game four. I remember seeing I that. Mean, that was a big headline. That, I mean, I, come on. Really, NBA? Really? You're going to make it that obvious? In other words, you're make, make it, it a little bit less conspicuous. Is that what you're saying? Yes, please. <laughs> Do us all a favor. Do us all a favor and stop making it so obvious. And and I'm not even going to say that they want LeBron to win. I, 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 that's not what uh, we no, all No, it's not, Cuervo. That's the, and that's the huge point in this. It's not about LeBron. It's about the NBA. The NBA has got to survive, too. And when you're pulling down 21 mil for the league, like I said, this is not the teams. Forget the teams. The teams are there. This is the league. This is TNT. This is everything they need to do to promote the brand for the years to come. And when they got that much money coming in, and TNT, let's be eight. I'm just going to say it, okay? TNT is a horrible a horrible station. But the reason why they're good in the NBA, because that's all they got. So you're going to put all the money in what you got, and if you got enough money to make TNT your sister station besides the NBA channel, you got it made. And it doesn't take much to run TNT. No, not really. I mean, they're, they don't, I don't think they pay them a whole lot. I mean, even though they got Shaq and – and, uh, you know, and all that. Chad Charles and Kenny Smith. Charles and, Barkley. Uh, yeah. By the way, whoever that host, who's the, the host of that, this, that, by the way, he, he, that guy is so good. I, I, and I, I mean, can't remember. Let me, I, that guy is so good. I'm going to tell you right now, that thing would fall apart without him there. So they better make sure this guy either, A, don't get sick, get pissed, or go somewhere else. Or they might even lose the TNT broadcast. That guy is out of sight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's And he's been doing it for years. Honey. I, mean, 16, I think I read 16 years I think he's been doing that. Ridiculously yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's real good at what he does, and I mean, he's had so many, you know, panel members or co-hosts, whatever you want to call it, and it just seems like that the 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 show continues to remain the same. It's, it has the good flow and all that, and and if it, I don't, I, you know, honestly, Sonny, if it wasn't for him, I think TNT would already be out of business with the NBA. I think you're I absolutely think right. I think he single-handedly saved that broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, he he keeps it together. I mean, yes, they have like Marv Albert that helps him, uh, uh, you know, announce games, and they've got some of the other announcers that we all know and are familiar with. But you know, I mean, Ernie Johnson, if you don't have a good pregame show, postgame show, um, and then obviously the late Craig Sager is the other guy that helped keep that thing together at TNT as well. Absolutely. So, obviously, sad to see him pass away, but. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's the other one that kind of kept that thing together. So we'll see. But you know, as far as as far as this finals and whatnot goes, I mean, yeah, I I I, I think you know, let's just not make it so obvious. There was another. Oh, yeah, the NBA right now they're they're like Ezekiel Elliott. 
when it comes to these finals games. They just want to keep eating. You know, you know that motion that he does, like he's eating cereal or something. That's that's the NBA right now. And they just keep feeding them. And that's what that's what they want. And it's probably what they're going to wind up getting because, you know, that's just how the league rolls. We all know the history of the NBA and and how uh, you know certain outcomes are are uh, kind of uh, I guess. You know they're a little they're a little altered, they're a little uh, yes. manipulated. Um, you know, just just look. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. If the big dog's listening, I'm sorry, big dog. But the, the, those Sacramento teams should have beat the Lakers back in 2001, oh. 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big dog love that. So yeah, good stuff. <laughs> It, it, it is. I I I I think Cleveland's going to get that win Monday. You know whether you know whether or not it happens. I think we'll throw our conspiracy out the window. I guess that would be good. But something tells me that that game is not going to be. It, you know, there's going to be one more of those games. By the way, three days between games, Quavo. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty. It's pretty crazy how they give so much time off. And, this, and they do the same thing in the NHL as well. So for the hockey fans out there, I feel bad for you. I mean, you got to sit there and you got to wait three whole days for the next game. To me, I mean, why would you not want better continuity in your, in your championship round instead of, you know, you got to wait so many days because now you're running the risk of people losing interest. For the casual fan. But, that, I agree with you, Hunter, especially you're, hockey. Yeah, and your job, your job should be to get, to get those people more interested. The, the, the diehards are going to watch no matter what. You don't have to worry right. about them. They're going to watch. But the casual fans, the ones that are like, eh, I'm kind of interested, but, man, you've got to wait so long for the next game. That's what turns people off about the, you know, the, the NHL or – or even the NBA, especially in the finals. Like, is this the first year they went to three games, Cuervo? I mean, I, I thought it was every other day. Um, no, it's it's been like this for a while. I maybe we, and we just don't realize it, it but maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe yeah, it was this point because the, this one was big because uh, you know what's going to happen. I remember the game was the game was on Friday or something. Oh no, it was on. It was either on a Thursday or Friday, and then the next game was Sunday or Monday. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I thought they set this up for a Friday game and then a Sunday game usually. That's kind of how I looked at it. And then the three days was in, if you were going to Cleveland to Golden State. Then there was three games between there. But when you were set, if the game was on Friday, the next game was on Sunday. I really thought that, but may, I, I could be under the wrong impression. No, no. Well, And the reason that there's such a long break right now is because of the, you know, they're going back to the East Coast or West Coast. So they're going back right. to the West Coast for game five. You know, regardless, though, Sonny, like you said, I mean, if it's, you know, especially the first four games, you, you know, games one and two should have been two days apart. You know, you, the, for game one was on a Sunday. Game two should have been on a Tuesday. Um, yeah. You know, it, to me, it's just, it's too long of a wait. Um, yeah. You know, it, and it takes away from other things people could be focusing on, for example, the draft. Um, that's kind yes. of a big deal for some teams. But, you know, um, 
I, I like I said, I mean the 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 target for leagues should be the casual fans. The diehards are gonna they're gonna watch. They're gonna be there every year, no matter. Yeah, they're gonna you're gonna those guys aren't going anywhere. The diehard fans aren't going anywhere. But you should be wanting to get the the, the casual fans' interest. And when you don't, when you wait three days to for the next game, come on, you're 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 gonna lose every time. So. And that's about TV revenue, Cuervo. At the same time, because you look at it, well, you know those games are those games are gonna sell out. You don't have to worry about uh, you know who's at the stadium. You got to worry about who's watching it on TV if you're the NBA. Yes, but you know, but if they were smart, Sonny, come on, it's a Sunday game. Five should be tonight, not tomorrow. Absolutely, it's it's, it's a Sunday. It's the weekend. Um, people are relaxing, you know, getting ready to go back to work tomorrow for their work week, like myself. And what better way to end the weekend than, you know, you get to watch an NBA Finals game. I mean, who wants to watch it on a Monday night? That's kind of that's kind of weird. So but, people, hey, Cuervo, I'm going to make a stupid statement. People want to watch wrestling on Monday night, and I'm going to tell you, and this is, <laughs> I, I know. It, it, People are not going to give up their wrestling on Monday night to watch this game because either because the consensus already is, is that 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 uh, Golden State's going to win uh, and um, or obviously that it's going to go one more game so they're not going to miss their rest. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now as a, as a joke that wrestling is and we all know it is. The, their numbers have increased over the years quite about and. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the NBA wants to go up against the WWE. That's why they should be playing this game tonight. You're right, Cuervo. (laughs) You know, Sonny, I wasn't even thinking about the WWE, but now that you mention it, it is the soap opera for for men. Uh, It's it's wonderful. I I never miss it. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. I mean, you know, your focus is either on on Monday Night Raw uh, or – or the NBA Finals, so I guess right. kind of like. You, and there's no pay per view that they do on Sunday, so that's why tonight is good because next Sunday there's a pay per view, so they're gonna run into that Cuervo. If I don't know, you know, it, but next Sunday if if that if that series is still going, they'll probably outbeat the WWE. But right now, you know, God, they should be playing that game, man. I think it's a big. I think you're right too, Cuervo. I would have. You know, I would have sat down and watched it without any other distractions going on. But now I, I got news for you. I'm watching wrestling. That's how sad this is because that's how much I don't care about this game, regardless who wins. Because you know, in, in reality, you know, because in my mind, Golden State should win this game. They're at home, but at the same time, conspiracy couch says you know there's going to be another one you know on, on Thursday night, so I can watch Thursday night and not have any interruptions. So. It's either, you know, it, it, but wrestling, you never know what's going to happen in wrestling. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, God, I, I've lost my mind, Cuervo. I've lost my mind. I know I've lost my mind. All right, so now, now the Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead yeah, of terrible. I, I, thank you, Charles. I appreciate that. But let's get into some of the other stuff that's going on because we haven't even talked to the NFL because there was a big one that happened, Cuervo, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have to be frank. I'm a little bit shocked that this ended up happening this week as 
the guy that I know, you know, I've already eaten a lot of crow because of this one man. And of course, I'm talking about Andy Reid. But the the the, uh, the Chiefs before they got Jeremy Macklin had no passing game. Cuervo, they had only one passing touchdown. I think the year before Jeremy Macklin came to that football team. And now they got touchdowns going to Jeremy Macklin and other players because you got to worry about Jeremy Macklin, which leaves the other guy open. I'm going to tell you right now, this could be a crazy cut. Now, they're worried about his health, and I get it, and I completely understand it. But that guy would have signed for hardly anything. I think the Chiefs made a big mistake letting Jeremy Macklin go, whether it be what he could do out on the football field and healthy or what he can bring to the team as far as leadership as well. Yeah, I don't understand this, this move, Sonny. I mean, if they had drafted, you know, one of the top receivers in the draft in April, back in April, if they if they would have done that, then I can maybe understand, you know, um, because you want to uh, maybe make room for somebody else or something like that. But, uh, you know, they didn't even draft a wide receiver in the first couple Not of rounds. Either. So, you know, so with that being said, it's like, what are they – what are they doing at wide receiver? I mean, do they really want to lean that much on Tyreek Hill to, to you know, who's going to go into his second year? Um, are they going to pursue somebody else? I mean, maybe maybe looking at Eric Decker, who just got cut by the by the Jets. Um, you know, that was a surprise to me as well. Eric Decker getting cut. I, I, yeah, man, I wow. There, there's something going on there as far as Eric Decker and the Jets. That, that love affair, someone was fooling around on someone, Cuervo. Well, I, I mean, I've got, I've got my theory on, on what the Jets are doing, but I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit later. I'm sure that was one of the things you were going to mention. I kind of stole your thunder, so sorry about that, but – no, no, it was a good combo with it because the company, I mean, Jeremy Macklin not being on this football team. Okay, in 2014, 2015, the guy had 2,400 yards and 18 touchdowns. Okay, now this guy can't even get a job. He's been to a couple of teams out there, and he can't even get a job. So now he was brought, and he was brought in on a five-year, fifty-five million dollar contract. Okay, the guy is 29. Okay, remember. I mean, wide receivers are good young, but they're even better in their you know early thirties. Cuervo, they get better, and uh, and and I know he's injury prone, and I know that's one of the things that they are looking at for him because they're worried about him. But my God, the Buffalo Bills didn't even want him. Baltimore didn't want him. The Jets didn't want him. Oh my goodness! I mean, you're crazy if you don't want Jeremy Macklin. I, I think he's been one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Oh, I know. I know you got a lot of love for J Mac. I know. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I think. I think uh, Buffalo. Well, actually, Shane McCoy is trying to get him to come to Buffalo. Yes. So we'll see if he can recruit him to be a Bill again or become a Bill. But um, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that that wind up, depending on how their training camps go and whatnot. There's going to be teams that are going to be interested in Jeremy Macklin. Uh, so, Someone's going to get hurt. Think, 
He might, he exactly. might be in a better position. Remember last year when um, Ryan Fitzpatrick was just waiting because he knew, hey, if something happened in the preseason he, he, until he got the money he wanted from the Jets, which are um, – oh, crap, I forget what team he actually ended up signing for, but it, it's irrelevant. Uh, but that well, he would be the Tampa. same thing that – yeah, Tampa, that's right. And, and now – now, I think Jeremy Macklin, even though he can't find the team right now, you know what's going to happen. One of those big-time receivers is going to go down in the preseason, and Jeremy Macklin's phone is going to be ringing like crazy. And the fact that the, the teams that I made mention before, the Baltimore Ravens, the Jets, and, uh, and the Buffalo Bills not picking them up, it, it could be one of those teams that are going to be wishing. And, and then Macklin's not even going to take their call. Right. Well, I mean, if he was smart, he would. But, but in principle, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, you didn't want me then, but now you do. It's kind of like, huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. why. That, I wonder why that is. But I tell you, maybe I mean, it'll be a couple more million to grab me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if if I'm his agent, that's what I'm doing. Be like, well, guess what? His value just went up. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I uh, yeah. Why you not? may not – why team – you know, and let's be honest, Buffalo always needs a wide receiver. Not only that, Cuervo, not, not that that guy was – I got to keep it local. You, you know I got to do. Marquise Goodwin is not a Buffalo Bill anymore, all right, former uh, Rowlett uh, Eagle. Not a Buffalo Bill anymore. I mean, who's better? I, and no offense against my, my, my local, who's better? Uh, Jeremy Macklin or Marquise Grissom. There's, it, it's not even an example. And they could have got him for about the same amount of money that Gris, uh, 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 Goodwin would have been there. It's ridiculous. I mean, craziness that's going on. They, they, didn't, even, they didn't even offer this guy a contract. They didn't even give him a number. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm so shocked by that. Yeah, but you know, and you know how it goes in the NFL, Sonny. Nobody wants you until they need you, and that's yeah. that's going to wind up happening with Jeremy Macklin. Just somebody's, you know, like you said, you know, a team's going to suffer a bad injury at the wide receiver position, and then they're going to be like, oh yeah, remember that Macklin guy that we didn't want before? Maybe we should try and talk to him now. And yeah, you know, um, and I'm sure he'll entertain it, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna cost you a little bit more, but. You know, I, I'm interested in see. I, I'm surprised Buffalo's not more aggressive with with getting Macklin. Because let me tell you, Sonny, uh, rumor rumor is that Sammy Watkins is probably not going to be a Buffalo Bill for much longer. So, where, and, and, and that was another thing. You know, and what? So, what direction do the Bills go from there? What are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough that they don't have a quarterback. Now they don't have anybody that can make plays for them. So. You know, Shady McCoy is, is not getting any younger. Like, the, the Buffalo Bills on the offensive side, it's, it's going to get bad in the next couple of years, Sonny. I foresee it getting really bad. I, I agree with you 100%. And that even goes to – look at – I, I don't know why they put these out here. I mean, it, it used to be strategy, Cuervo, but getting to Eric Decker – I mean, the Jets come out and say, okay, the Jets say this. This is not something that's behind the scenes. The Jets are openly saying, well, if we can't trade them, we're going to release them. What makes anybody think that they would give them anything if he's going to get out on the market 
as a free agent, and they don't lose anything in reality. It, 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 it just goes to show that this Jets organization don't even understand their talent. Eric Decker's a badass. Now, if you can't, if you're the Jets and you can't figure out how to utilize Eric Decker, that's a coaching problem. So that might tell you something like that. Eric Decker is going to make a team extremely happy when he signs on the dotted line after he gets relief because then whoever signed him didn't have to give up whatever it was going to be in order to get it. Yeah, and that's probably something you never want to say is like, well, if we can't trade him, we'll just let him go. Okay, well, then we'll just wait until you let him go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Pretty stupid to kind of just throw it out there. I mean, if anything. And you want to know what, you want to hear, you want to hear conspiracy couch? Okay. And it's not conspiracy. It just makes sense. Eric Decker is going to be in Dallas this year. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Although Jason Witten's probably got two more years with him. I'm going to tell you right now. This guy right here is the heir apparent to Jason Witten without question. But if they utilize the talent, and that's what they haven't been doing with Eric Decker for the last couple of years up in New York, it's because as much as I love the head coach, and you know I got some mad love for him, they are not utilizing the talent in the correct way. Now, does that come because they don't have a quarterback? Obviously, yes. But as a coach, you got to say, why aren't you getting the ball to Decker? And it's not because Decker can't get open. And here's another thing. Even if he's not throwing it to him, because there's an opportunity for him to get the ball. And the guy can make plays. And when you got a guy that can make plays and you're not utilizing them, he's going to go the wasteland. He's going to get released. The guy's going to be in Dallas next year. You mark my words that Jerry Jones is not stupid. Jerry Jones knows this guy's out here. And Jerry Jones read the headline, and we'll just release him. All Jerry Jones has to do is give him an extra million and a half. He's a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one, Sonny. I've never heard anybody mention Dallas picking up Eric Decker. I mean, there's other teams out there, obviously, but Dallas hasn't been a team that I've heard. But No, you yeah, haven't heard them they because do. they have Jason Witten. Yeah, I'm learning because they have Jason Witten. Hey, listen, the love for Jason Witten in this town, I'm going to tell you right now, it might be more than Jerry Jones. And because there's a lot of people that hate Jerry Jones, but here in Dallas, people love Jerry Jones because what he does bring to them. But, I mean, the love affair that they have, with, let's even say a Tony Roma. I mean, these love affairs, this, this guy right here, you know, could be the guy just quietly comes in, catches about 60 balls for, you know, five, six or seven touchdowns. And when Jason Witten does this, start declining in stats or decides to retire, you got this young buck at 30 years old where we all know that he's going to just get better here in the next five years. Jerry Jones is smart enough to sign him now because those numbers could get out of control if he gets on a team that is going to actually contend for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and maybe that's that's where Eric Decker is at in his career is where he's just trying to find a team that's gonna help get a ring. Because um, he, I mean, he had the opportunity in Denver, but he left a year too soon. So yeah, um, you know, uh, I think he's at the point now where it's kind of like, where where can I go get a ring? In reality, and oh boy, I'm Eric Decker. Can, can we, <laughs> Can we say Dallas is ready, though? Can we say Dallas is ready? 
Like, would an addition like that make them the the, the NFC favorite, Sonny? Do you think? No, their defense is horrible, Cuervo. They they, they have not yeah, done anything is. to they they have not done anything to make up for what they lost. Remember, and, and if you guys people want to think that the Dallas Cowboys defense was awesome last year, that defense played well beyond what they actually were expected to. All right. That defense definitely overachieved, and the guys that overachieved are not on that football team anymore. And everybody's thinking that they were, hey, listen, Dak Prescott's only going to be able to do so much. Now that he's got a year of film underneath him, he's going to need some help on the defensive side of the ball to where he doesn't have to play as stellar as he did last year in order to win football games. Okay, Dak Prescott played out of his mind last year. Why? There just wasn't enough on him as an NFL player because there is a difference. And now that there is a full season underneath their belt, square vote, okay, this guy's under a microscope now. And I said it on the show. I'll say it again. Give me a defensive coordinator uh, over Dak Prescott right now going into the next season. And if you don't have a defense that can stop the teams you're playing – and you have a defensive coordinator that figures out Dak Prescott, they're going to have a hard time winning football games. Now, they're in a great division that where they can be mediocre and still, you know, challenge for the NFC East championship or wild card. So they're in a good division for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Giants have made a lot of good moves, but I still think that, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, this is the same thing with, with the Giants, Sonny. I mean, Defensively, I don't think they're there yet. But yep. I think they definitely have the offense to uh, compete in this division. And um, but you know the de- the defense is what's going to come back to haunt these two teams. It's real interesting to see what's going on. And you talk about the Giants really quick, Cuervo. Eli Manning. Listen, I've been calling for Eli Manning for years. Now it's actually coming out. I mean, you, you, they got Geno Smith. Okay, they're thinking about it. I don't know if they've actually grabbed him up, Guervo, but I heard rumblings about Geno Smith heading to New York. Okay? I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, that might it, there's no quarterback controversy. I'm not stupid enough to say that. I know Eli Manning is going to be the starting quarterback, but I will tell you right now, if the chemistry between Eli Manning and some of his wide receivers, a la uh, Becker, uh, Beckham and whatever, doesn't get better. And Beckham's been playing good, and who's the benefactor of that is Eli Manning because there's been some passes that should not even have been caught. I mean, let, let's be honest. Well, I mean, if it wasn't for Odell Beckham making some crazy catches, we would be talking about a guy that has had over 4,000 yards, maybe cut down to 3,600. That's how good Eric Beck, uh, that are, um, how good uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is. He's pretty much saving Eli Manning's career because, I mean, the interceptions have got to go away. 16 interceptions last year, Cuervo. year before that, 14, and really last year, you could have added five just by lucky balls dropped by defensive guys who normally don't catch the football. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how much you're following it, Sonny, but I don't think anybody's going to be seeing Odell Beckham Jr. anytime soon. If they don't yeah, start, that's a uh, big one too, right? That guy. Yeah, you, they, and, they, they absolutely. Might, they that contract. You you bet, and they better do it before training camp. 
And Cuervo, this is a football team in the New York Giants. They don't need any outside problems. They don't need Odell Beckham pissed off at training camp, and then they got outside problems that they got to deal with the media. You want to make Odell happy? Give him his money, okay? Now, I don't like Odell Beckham, but you've got to give that guy his money. Because if you don't give him his money just because he's under a rookie contract right now, Cuervo, it's slapping him in the face. And what is the biggest word when you're dealing with with NFL players is respect. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. And the Giants not giving them that respect by not giving to the table to restructure that contract is the biggest mistake that this organization is making right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, as we speak, Nike, who just signed him to a deal, is paying yeah, him more than the New York Giants are. <laughs> that, that is absolutely crazy. And, and any team in the NFL gets a benefactor of this guy. Now, he's a head case. Right? He's a head case. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, if Randy Moss in his prime showed up your training camp, you're signing the guy. Okay, that's what Odell Beckham is. He brings the baggage. I mean, he brings. I mean, he brings the Chad Johnson attitude. Not not to the level of Chad Johnson, but he can be that guy. He can be the head case that Terrell Owens is. Okay, but let's folks let's remember Terrell Owens was never arrested. Never off the the only problems that they had. I mean, it had to do with the football team, not outside the NFL, not outside of what happened on the football field. Odell Beckham can be that guy. He's had a couple off-the-field problems. Um, But Uh when you've got a guy like Odell Beckham, he's going to improve your team so much. And there's a lot of teams out there that are not passing the football that are supposedly good football teams um, that will be quick to swoop him up. Now, Odell Beckham is definitely holding all the cards in this square vote because he can go to get his money and get the R-E-S-B-E-C-T he wants. The question is, is and, and I'm going to put it out here, here's your conspiracy couch of the week. Odell Beckham don't even want Eli Manning throwing him the football because he's that bad. And so, I, I, you know, in order to keep him there, you're going to have to pay him more in New York than you are anywhere else because of the quarterback position. I don't care what anybody says. They can put up all the fronts in the world they want. I'm going to tell you right now, when a guy like Odell Beckham don't get the ball the right way, they are not happy with each other. And what you don't see in the locker room or behind the scenes are these guys at each other's throats. I guarantee it. I'm right with you, Sonny. Um, I mean, I, I I don't want to go as far as saying that, that you know Beckham and, and Eli don't get along or they don't have a good working uh, relationship or however you want to say it. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not going to go that far. But I will say that I think Odell, yeah, you're probably right. He'd probably be a little happier with another guy that will help him, I guess, and do different things that he, he's capable of, but I still stick with that. Beckham is is, is his strong suit, his strong, uh, you know, the strengths that he has as a wide receiver. You hit him on a slant route and you let him do the rest. Like that's absolutely yakety yak. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, the deep ball is great and, and whatnot. You can only ask him to make so many three, you know, three finger catches. 
before it gets to the point where it's just not working anymore. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's only going to happen so many times. Um, or, you know, these crazy one-handed catches that he makes, um, as we see almost every other week from him. Uh, it's only going to happen so often. So, you know, maybe having a younger the guy reason that's a little more accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Corvo, here I'm gonna I'm gonna get, I'm gonna sum it up for you. You look at Eli Manning. Odell Beckham has to make catches that are crazy. Okay, he's not getting the ball in stride like on a slant where he can. They they really need to go to that. Corvo, listen to this number. You would think Odell Beckham has the most yakety yak in the in the NFL. He's not even close to the most yakety yak in 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 the uh in in the league. Not even close. So it, when, when you look at a guy like Odell Beckham and you've got to be able to give a guy his opportunity to get a – Odell Beckham's yards, yards per reception are, are – you know, let's see, where is it? Here it is. Odell Beckham's yard per reception is five, Cuervo, 5.1 last year. Mm-hmm. Should Odell Beckham have an average about 9.1 like LeVon Bell? Okay. Now, granted, LeVon Bell obviously, you know, running, you know, running, you know, running back. But listen to his numbers. I mean, the yak the yak is a big time. It should be big for Odell Beckham. 518 yards last year, yakety yak. Cuervo, that's not even in the top 10. In yakety yak of people who caught passes in the NFL, and you would think, and if you would think Eli Manning would deliver the ball with him in stride, this guy would be even more, you know, more bigger than he already is. But no, he's got to make an acrobat catch on the sideline because Eli Manning is not an accurate quarterback. Yeah, I said it, and I don't care. The proof is in the pudding when you can't get Odell Beckham to be one of the top players in the NFL with yakety yak. You're not getting the opportunity to use his speed and what he can do in the open field because you're not getting them open in the open field. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> now that you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, I'm, I'm assuming he's number one in the league. So absolutely. I guess, yep. So I guess my question is out of the ones that are, that are top 10, I would probably look a little more into it as far as, well, how many of those top ten are running backs? How many of those are wide receivers? You know, because it is different. You, when you think about it, Sonny, you know, running backs they get they get yakety yak for screen passes. You know, and if, yes. they, if 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 they're like a uh, if they're like a Brian Westbrook of the if you remember him from the Eagles, I mean that guy was the best at taking a screen pass to the house. You know, for sixty, seventy yards, sometimes eighty. For touchdowns, I mean, you get all those yakety yak yards. But as far as like pure wide receivers, I'm, I'm curious to know where number six amongst amongst just wide receivers alone. Just wide receivers alone. He's number six within wide receivers. Square ball. That's shot. That that is kind of surprising. That's okay. stupid. No, that is. That's taking the dimension away from what Odell Beckham can do because he's got to stop and make an acrobat catch. That, and that's all it is, Cuervo. If the guy can hit him in stride, 
or he doesn't have to make that catch that has to make it on the top 10 of the ESPN instead of him just getting the ball laid out for him to run underneath it. We would be talking. Listen, this is the guys who got more yakety yak than he does. Okay, at the wide receiver position last year, Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry had more yards. Um, Julian Edelman, Michael Thomas, and Tyrell Williams, and Amari Cooper was just right behind him. So those number and. And those are those names are the, if you if you're not a real you know NFL we know who those guys are but if you ask the average NFL guy they might know who Golden Tate is the rest of those names besides Julian Edelman and maybe Amari Cooper no one's even ever heard of I'm surprised uh, you didn't mention Antonio Brown Antonio Brown's normally a guy that's up there on that list. I think he was injured. That's what it probably took away from it, wasn't it, Cuervo? Wasn't he injured? I think I think he sat out a couple games. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, he did sit out a couple. I think games. that's what affected but, it. Let me see. You know, Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah, he only he only had 380 yards uh, in yakety yak last year. Well, so it's definitely because of how many games he played. Yep, he he should be he he probably would have been up there. So, I mean, you know, here's here's the thing, Sonny. You know, as as, um, as exciting as it is to watch Odell Beckham make plays like he does, and, and I'm not saying he he doesn't like doing it, but I think I would probably prefer a more accurate quarterback over having to make a spectacular play. Now, some of them maybe maybe not. Maybe they're okay with it, but if you were smart, you'd probably want a you know, a wide receiver that or I'm sorry, a quarterback that's a little more accurate so you can uh, you know, I guess make it a little easier on yourself as a wide receiver. And something I was just thinking about, you know, when you when you look back and you think about all the great receivers in history, uh, when it comes to guys that you know, you think about that man. He was a guy that can make a, you know an amazing acrobatic catch. Who's who's a guy that you never really mention, but you consider one of one of, if not the greatest of all time? What making the acrobat catch? Yeah. In my mind, that's, that, that might be the easiest lob you ever gave to me, but I don't know if it's the same guy you're thinking of, Lynn Swan. Well, you know, well, Lynn, I mean, Lynn Swan made some crazy catches. But, no, where I was going with this is, is, you know, when you think of the acrobatic catches, we don't think about the GOAT. We don't think about the GOAT. And that's Jerry yeah. Rice. Jerry Rice, yeah. And the reason yeah, we don't exactly. think about the GOAT, and the reason we don't think about the GOAT is because he had accurate quarterbacks like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Rich Gannon when he was a, when he was a Raider. Mm-hmm. You know, he, had, he had guys that could throw a dime at any given moment. And so that, what that did for Jerry Rice is it made it – for him, it made it look so easy. If you go easy. back, and, and, and you, I mean, you lived, you lived during the Jerry Rice time when he played. Yep, you saw him Absolutely. grow up in the league. 
I was a little yep. too young, but I, I caught the tail end of his career in the in the mid nineties. Um, you know, but if you go back and I mean, it was very rare that he had to go up and make a crazy acrobatic catch. But every everything else looked so effortless, and and a lot of it had to do with his athletic ability, his um, the shape Make that he was in. My God, I mean the guy, mm-hmm. the guy. I mean the guy stayed in shape three sixty five, so um, he never took days off. So and that's what made him so great. But regardless, you know, it, it, having accurate quarterbacks most definitely helps. And that's, you know, and I'm sure that's the goal that every receiver has in their career is, is to reach, to reach Jerry Rice. And, and for most guys, it's probably impossible, but for a guy like Beckham right now, it, it's not very far fetched with the numbers that he's put up the first three years, with the first, with the first three years, the numbers that he's put up, if he continues at this pace, Sonny, I'm telling you, by year 15, he's threatening. He's threatening yep. Jerry. And imagine if he would have got a ball in stride ever in front of Eli Manning. That's why he's got to leave. That, <laughs> and that's my point. If he continues, if he continues to have to be a guy that has to go and and kind of make up for Eli's inaccuracy or whoever the future quarterback of the Giants is going to be, I I don't know if he's going to last that long in the league. He's going to get laid out by by somebody trying to go for some crazy catch. And, you know, I mean, who knows what happens from there. So it's one of those things where, you know, Beckham has to think more about, I need an accurate quarterback more than, man, I like making those those catches with three fingers. So, yeah, uh, just something I was thinking about. Yeah, and with his speed, the guy can get behind the defenders easy. So if he gets someone who gets the he ball, where, where like Jerry Rice, like he said, and, and, and who was so good at it, and it you know, it, the reason being he was so good because it didn't matter if it missed or whether it was Joe Montana's season or, you know, yeah, if they could miss by a couple of yards. He's had the speed to catch up. But Odell has the – I hate to even say this. He has got the – opportunity to be Jerry Rice at, you know, hey, listen, if he can even be Charles Owens, the guy who's going to be one of the top four wide receivers in the NFL history, Cuervo. So, you, you know, you look, you, you, I mean, he can even be Charles Owens and he would be in good shape, but he's going to have to get the, he's going to have to get the guy that can throw him the football and be more accurate, or we're going to, we're going to see the guy go away in oblivion where no one's going to even know where, you know, who he is or, or what's going on. He'll be ending up, you know, being known as a very good player, not a great player. And that's got to start with the quarterback position. He's got to find the guy to deliver the ball. It's, it, it's, it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, the Giants really have to get on this quickly. You know, like, who's going to be the guy that, that replaces Eli? Who's going to be the, uh, you know, the next, you know, quarterback in Giants? Geno Smith history. is back in the up, isn't he? Isn't Geno Smith a Giant? Tony, <laughs> <laughs> I said we need, a, we need a real quarterback. Oh, 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 I got it. Okay, I, I wasn't not, sure, not, and, you uh, know. <laughs> 
not not the punching bag Geno Smith that you just use whenever you're frustrating, you just smash in the jaw. Like, no, we need a real quarterback. It'd be really interesting. I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't believe. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I must be, I must be incredibly stupid. How's this guy on a league roster? I mean, I don't get it I, at all. It, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. What did the New York Giants see in this guy to even garnish, bringing him a contract? Geno Smith has got to be one of the biggest, but I, I mean, even to the point where the Raiders going to get uh, um, Russell, uh, oh, crap. What, what's that big old boy's name that they win? Uh, Geno Smith's got to be worse than the guy that they grabbed up in, in Oakland. The guy's name's just slipping my mind. The guy in Oakland? Yeah, that quarterback they took, that big, huge guy. Isn't his last name Russell? Um, oh, oh, Jamarcus uh, Russell. Yeah, Jamar. Uh, Geno Smith is worse than Jamarcus Russell. What did, what what are they seeing in Geno Smith? Where he goes, oh yeah, we gotta have him back up, Eli Manning. Oh please. I mean, seriously, I can I can listen. If I give me the money, give me the money, I'll get you a damn quarterback that's better than Geno Smith. That, that guy needs to be, the, the general manager of the Giants needs to be fired right now. It's ridiculous. Oh my god. But I know well, what it is. Right. They wanted to get a guy that didn't need to move. Okay, they didn't want to pay the expenses for him to move cross country. He lives in New York. Oh God, please spare me. Well, yeah, think about it, Sonny. Though too, it's, it's kind of like, oh, how do I compare this? You know, when you, when you try to put makeup on, uh, on, on a woman. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm serious. You got to cover up the ugliness, you know, and and, and that's what that's what the Giants and that's why they that's why they signed Brandon Marshall. That's why they drafted drafted Evan Ingram, the tight end from Ole Miss. You know, they're trying to surround Eli with all kinds of weapons to hide how bad of a quarterback. Exactly. Exactly, you know, and, and, and the expression you're talking know. about is putting makeup on a pig. Okay, it doesn't matter yeah. how much makeup you put on a pig; it's still a pig, and everybody knows it. And, yeah, and that's what Geno exactly. Smith is. Oh my God! I mean, I can, and, and these these general managers are making millions of dollars. Hell, I could do better than that. Give me the payroll, and I can get you a better quarterback than Geno Smith. This guy wouldn't even be close to being on my board, but yet the Giants signing. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it makes no sense to me. I, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Ah, Geno Smith. Yeah. Geno uh, Smith is going to be the backup quarterback to Eli Manning. If you think Odell Beckham's pissed now, wait until Eli goes down and then Geno Smith's in the game. Uh, yeah, that signing right there might be the, the, the writing on the wall for Odell Beckham says, I got to get the hell out of New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, he didn't have to do much except, you know, change his favorite color from green to blue. I mean, yeah. If, uh, at least he'll look better in a uniform. <laughs> not really. No, no. Oh, maybe not. not maybe gonna be not really. It's <laughs> not going to be any better. Oh, God. I think the only difference is maybe the number changes. The number and yeah. the color, that's it. 
Nothing Unbelievable. else trust me on that. But you know, it, 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 it was get what they get. I mean, if the if the Giants don't end up last in the NFC East, I'd be shocked. I, I'm I'm, I'm Odell Beckham can only do so much. Mm. Uh, I, 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 God, yeah, I, just give me the money that general man. Listen, I'll take half of what that general manager makes, and I'll get you a better quarterback. Good God Almighty! You know, it, it is what it is, I don't know. I'm sorry I had to do this overview because I would love to continue talking, but unfortunately I'm not going to be able to. Uh, but I'm glad you were able to make it on for a little while this morning. Oh yeah, Sonny. Uh, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I know I got in uh, a little late this morning. I stayed out longer than I planned on last night, so that kind of All happened right. that way. But, uh, <laughs> it yeah, happened. Uh, Me too, but I yeah. went right to bed and no alcohol was involved. <laughs> Well, very little for me. I didn't want to have a hangover, but I still have time regardless. And, uh, so next week, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see uh, I don't see me not doing the show because if I do go to a playoff game in Champions Indoor Football, it's on a Monday night. So there you go. So uh, yeah, we're up on air at noon on Sunday. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good, Sonny. We'll 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 talk about Game Seven of the Finals, you know. Um, yeah, you know yeah it'll be that time. Let it end this quickly. <laughs> you know that it game's not going to let it end like this. <laughs> yeah. So. And maybe Adam Silva will finally lay down the law and make all the players who teams want to rest uh, not let them rest. So that'll probably do it. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show here on another Sunday. We will be on at noon next Sunday. So everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you then. And we'll see you later this week on Inside the CIF uh, Playoff Editions. Two games next week. Sioux City Bandits take on the Omaha Beef and the Texas Revolution on the road to take on the Amarillo Venom. We'll talk about that early in the show. Then we'll get on to the national news. Everybody have a good one. We're out of here. Bye-bye.